Good morning, church. Bless you. Who's forgiven today? Who's saved? Put your hand up. Who's walking in Jesus' blood and his life? Amen. Who's forgiven again? Forgive others. That's what this message is about today. Thank you, team. Pastor James has asked me to preach on true discipleship, the um, theme for this month, being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Could we have the PowerPoint, please, schools? Matthew chapter 6. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer. Could I just ask everybody just to be upstanding, please, as we just read or as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Ready? Go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Stop. Wait. Uh-oh. You're going to go, come on, David. This is only one little verse. Well, I'll show you it's not. We should finish this prayer on something uplifting and bringing glory to God. Well, let's read. Keep going. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. You may take your seats. We need to um, just bear in mind, I'm trying to change that. Can we have the next page, please? I think this is on. Maybe it's not. That's it. This is the, ver this is the passage of Scripture that it's taken from. Now, notice with me, there's not just one little verse about forgiveness. There's actually three verses right there about forgiveness. Jesus instructed us, this is then how you should pray. This is out of the NIV. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, that implies that we owe somebody something. That implies that maybe somebody owes us something. The word transgressors implies, in, in the NIV, implies that maybe somebody has stepped on our turf. Maybe somebody has gotten too close to our personal space. Maybe somebody has come against our family and committed a trespass and owes us something. But here in this passage, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. In the Lord's Prayer as it's known, the early church fathers, I think, in, I believe in the first century, have added this doxology. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, uh, forever and ever. Amen. But in this passage, Jesus, it's almost like it's not finished. Jesus then refers back to this particular verse. And he says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. However, if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So would that imply, would that say to us today that possibly we, were not, we would not be following Jesus we would not have our sins forgiven if we don't forgive others for their sins. You with me today? I want to share really from my heart 
this verse. Now, in the Message Bible, verses 14 and 15 are put like this. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, we stood praying before, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Let's pray. Father, we just ask as we come before you this morning, Lord, Father, if there's anything in us, if there's anything that we need to ask forgiveness for, if there's any reason we need to apologize to somebody, Father, I pray that as we come around your word this morning, that, Lord, your precious Holy Spirit would reveal that to us. For, Lord, it's not that we would nitpick, it's not that we would go back and trawl through to see if there's anything there, but, Father, we just want to live lives that are pleasing to you. We just want to live lives that are obedient to you. Father, we want to see your fullness through Jesus Christ and your precious Holy Spirit in our lives, and we want to do the things that you've called us to do. We want to accomplish the purposes and the destiny that you've placed upon our lives even before we were born. We pray, Lord God, that we would be disciples, we would be true disciples that would follow you in every word and in every deed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just show you what, forgiveness, what unforgiveness looks like. Unforgiveness looks like a dog with a bone. Can we just have that little YouTube clip, please? I was thinking about this and I was thinking this is a perfect example of what unforgiveness looks like. Would you agree? Is he hurting his own body? Church, what do we do to the body of Christ when we have unforgiveness as well? You know, it's, it's it will destroy people. It will destroy churches. It will destroy, it really blocks and prevents us from the fullness that, that um, God has for our lives. Turn with me to John chapter 8 now, please. John chapter 8. This is the... The story, we know it so well, the woman caught in adultery. She was brought before Jesus in the temple courts as he was teaching the people. Probably thrown at his feet, the teachers and the Pharisees brought her in and said, this woman, we've caught her in adultery. Jesus, you know the law of Moses. The law of Moses said that we should stone her. Jesus, what do you say? What did Jesus do? almost totally ignored them, stooped down and started writing in the dirt. Now, it's the age-old question scholars have debated and talked about, and really sometimes it's not worth going there, but what did Jesus write in the dirt? 
just imagine with me today, what if he wrote every one of those men's name in the dirt? What if then next to that he wrote the last sin that they committed next to their name? Jesus then turned to the woman, or sorry, they kept questioning him. They questioned him and they questioned him and he again wrote in the dirt. And I wonder, because each one of those men left from the oldest to the youngest, what did Jesus write in the dirt? Some scholars have said possibly he could have written this dirt. They were teachers, remember, and Pharisees. So whatever Jesus wrote, it convicted their hearts. What if he wrote this verse, Jeremiah 17, 13, And they that depart from me shall be written in the earth or in the dust, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Possibly, we don't know. We can't really speculate about what Jesus wrote in the dirt, but what if he wrote that? What was it that caused these men, one by one, without Jesus saying any more, whatever Jesus wrote in the dirt caused them to disappear one by one. They had brought her to Jesus, caught in the act of adultery. They wanted to stone her, or at least they were testing Jesus. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus rose, or sorry, Jesus, Jesus straightened up. Watch this. He says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Then when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, what is it when we have unforgiveness? What is it when we hold a grudge? We actually condemn people. Not so much we condemn them to death, but the word condemn there means to give judgment against or to judge worthy of a punishment. The word condemn. We either forgive somebody. Jesus forgave us. You know, John 3, 17, Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me would be forgiven or that the world through me would have life. Jesus did not come to condemn but if we don't forgive people, then we condemn them. We hold them in a prison. Jesus talked here, even in this verse, or sorry, Jesus might not have used this verse, but even in this verse, we find either the option, if we forgive, we have living water. If we don't forgive, all we have is dust, or our name's written in the dust. Jesus talked about light and darkness. If we follow him, if we walk in the ways of him, then we walk in the light. If we do not walk in the ways of him, then we walk in darkness. Luke 6.37 says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Again, John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him how through forgiveness of sins 1 john 2 verses 9 and 10 says anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make 
him stumble. Folk, are we condemning people by our words, our actions, even our thoughts? You know, did anybody cut you off this morning, Pastor James, on the roundabout? Not today. Has anybody got a neighbour that's complained to the council about their retaining wall or their dog? We won't go there. See, little things, God wants us to have short accounts. I'd like to tell you a story of a lady the year after I went with you, Pastor James, and your team from this church who are down in Gainda. The year after, I took a team of um, people to the Philippines. This is, you can see how long this ago this was because Joshua was actually shorter than me back then. The Filipino lady there, her name is June Lin, or they call her Filipino name was King. And when we took her, or when we went as a team, she kept talking to me on the phone and she was quite worried. She said, Pastor David, I've got really bad memories back there. I've been back a couple of times with my family. She said, I've been looking after my daughters and it was, you know, I've been looking after my daughters and mixing with family. This will be the first time that I'm be going back to my home country and I think that God wants to do a healing in me. God wants to help me. I've got all these bad memories. And as we met uh, with her, just got some other photos there. We met with her um, auntie and uncle. Now, her parents were murdered. Her younger brother was murdered. Her father was a pastor. And when we went to some of you that have been there, there's a place called Raphael's Farm. There's a cart, a, a um, bullet cart. And when she saw that, this was our first... We're only in, uh, in Leyte for probably an hour. And she saw this cart and she just burst into tears. And I said to the other ladies, what's going on? Oh, she's just, God's just bringing back memories. And she said this was similar, very similar. It reminded her this was the cart that brought the bodies of her father and her mother and her baby brother back into the village and to her house while her auntie, took her from school knowing what had happened. I think it was on the island of Mindanao. Some of you from the Philippines know that area, know why this happened. And so as the week progressed, on the Sunday, Pastor Mark Anderton, whose church we visited, he asked us if we would come to the prison and we would share our testimonies. So we all prepared testimonies before we went to the Philippines. And... As we did, June Lin started, as we were, we were there, as we got closer to it, June Lin started to freeze, she started to cry, she started to be really upset. We, we weren't exactly sure what was going on. And then when it came to her turn to give her testimony, she turned away from the, the prisoners and she said, I, I can't do it, I, I just can't. And then... That was fine, but the, the pastor just shared a short message and towards the end of his short message, he asked if, if the prisoners would like it if we came back on the Wednesday and started a, a Bible study or, or continued with a Bible study. Who would be interested? A few of them put up their hand and all of a sudden, June Lynn came to me and she said, I, I want to say something now. I want to say something. She was all excited. It was a, a, a real change and turnaround. I want to say something now. And so I motioned to the pastor and I said, I think she's ready to share her testimony now. Something's happening. And so she stood there 
And she told the story of her mother and her father and her baby brother being murdered. And she told them that this trip to the Philippines had been reminding her and God was dealing with her. And God had been asking her, this happened when she was 10, she was about 42 at this stage. God had been asking her for the last over 30 years to forgive the men who killed her parents. And facing these prisoners behind the bars, she knew that possibly some of them were in there for murder. And God was dealing with her. Do you forgive those men who killed your parents? Do you forgive these men who stand in front of you possibly for murder? Do you forgive them? That was her dilemma. She was quite upset, as you can imagine. And as she shared, this is what she shared. I, I rang her about a week ago and asked her permission to share this. She said, you can share my whole life story. I said, no, I just want to share this little bit. She told the prison how her father, mother, and brother were killed when she was 10 at the hands of those who did not want to hear about Jesus and that God had been asking her to forgive these men in front of her now. Knowing that some were behind bars for murder, she could not bring herself to forgive. Some of these in front of her had taken a life and devastated the families of their loved ones, along with some petty criminals and even those falsely accused who didn't have enough money even to have a court case. She cried out, I forgive the men who murdered my mother and father and my baby brother. I forgive you also for whatever you guys have done, especially if you are here for murder. God forgives you and I forgive you. I want you to know the love of God as He loves me and He loves you and He forgives me and He forgives you. And He wants you to know His Son, Jesus Christ, who died for all your sins and He loves you so much like He's giving me this love for you guys right now. Won't you accept His forgiveness for you now because I forgive you for whatever you've done? You can imagine there wasn't a dry eye in the place. All the prisoners were crying. They were weeping. All our team were crying. Even the pastor was crying. And as we looked behind us, all the prison guards were crying. And as the pastor then just gave a, a final appeal and, and, and prayed, every single one of those people, including the guards, wanted to attend the Bible. They, they were captive audience, but they wanted to attend the uh, the Bible study on the Wednesday. And as we walked out, the pastor was just shaking his head, still in tears. He said, I can't believe what's been happening. I've been coming here all this time and something broke. Something broke in that Lady June Lynn. Something broke in that prison that day, even with the prison guards. Something broke just through the act of forgiveness, just through obedience to forgiving the men that killed this lady's family and also forgiving those who stood in front of her, who's, who she held a grudge against just for that reason. You know, Ephesians 4 and verse 32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in, as in, Jesus, sorry, just as in Christ God forgave you. God has been dealing me, with me, particularly in the area of unforgiveness, some time ago, somebody did something to our family. Somebody came against my family. And one day, I was down at Agnes Waters. I love to go down there fishing. 3 o'clock in the morning, probably 
I had a little fire going and I was just crying out to God, God, my future, what do you want me to do? What do you, wa- what do you want me to do right now for you, Lord? And he said, I want you to forgive. I was expecting this, okay, be involved in this, do this. All I heard was, I want you to forgive that person that hurt your family. But God, but God. And it was, no, you need to forgive that person. David, do you forgive that person? How can I forgive him? Look what he's done. Look, but I forgive him and I forgave you. And it took about an hour. I was waiting for the sun to start coming up so I could go fishing. I had this nice little fire. So I had some time, but it took about an hour for me wrestling with this. But what about this? What about that? What about justice, Lord? What about this and what about that? And I I sent a text to Teresa. She didn't answer, unfortunately, but I wanted to write it down before I forgot it or, or so I could go over it again. And this is what I wrote. Praying out and crying out to God, what do you want me to do? He kept saying, the next step for me is to forgive the person who hurt my family. Forgiveness and justice are two different things. It took me a long time to get this. Forgiveness and justice are two different things. Just because I forgive him doesn't mean that he doesn't have to face justice. I need to forgive this person as God has forgiven me and has also forgiven him. Because I haven't forgiven, I haven't let the person go. And because I'm holding on to them in unforgiveness, God can't bring them yet to a place of restoration and being punished for what they've done. Because I'm holding them so tightly in unforgiveness, God can't deal with them. The need for judgment, punishment and restitution do not disappear when I forgive him. That's the biggest struggle that I had to understand. Only the ones that I've held him to on my terms are the ones that disappear. I just have to forgive him over to God so that God can deal with this man. That's what God was asking me to do. You're holding him so tight that I can't deal with him. You're holding him so tight. Justice and punishment are a totally different thing, but because you're holding on to that, I cannot carry out what I need to do. I just want you to forgive him over to me so that I can deal with him. Some years ago, I bumped into somebody. This has been a process, but particularly in the last month. I bumped into somebody some years ago who hurt me through a relationship when I bumped into them, they asked me to forgive them. Something similar had happened to them, and they asked me to forgive them for what happened some 23 years ago. About four weeks ago, somebody came to me and asked me to forgive them for things done 26, 27 years ago, just out of the blue. God, what are you doing? What's going on? And just last weekend, as I was sitting with my dad, talking about this message, he was asking me, what are you preaching about? As I was talking to him, I suddenly realized that I needed to ask his forgiveness for the way I spoke to him some years ago. It was regarding the safety of my children at his house, 
What I had to say needed to be said, but the way I said it was disrespectful. And I asked him to forgive me for the way that I disrespected him. God is doing something in my life, and I hope as I share my heart this morning, God will begin speaking to you things that need to be taken care of. Do we forget the wrong? No, we just let them out of prison that we have made for them through condemning them, which we have unknowingly locked them into with ourselves, reliving the event or whatever's happened time and time again. God, through unforgiveness, God wants us to let them out of prison, but it's also a letting ourselves out of the prison, almost locked in there with them. Do we forget the wrong? No, we just let them out of prison. And Pastor James has said often, sometimes bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other guy to die. Unforgiveness is like locking somebody in jail and being in there with them, locked in and not able to get out on this, in the same way. Do we trust them again? That depends on the circumstance and the time taken to heal. God wants us just to forgive them and to let them go. Do we return to an abusive relationship? I want to say this very emphatically. No, we need to protect yourself and your children. Forgive them over to God and let God deal with them, but protect yourself. Forgiveness doesn't mean we just put ourselves back in the same situation. Could I have the music team, please, Kate? Do we have to bake them a cake? This is one thing that God was, uh, I was arguing with God at Agnes Waters that time on the beach. But God, I don't want to have to be his best friend. Look what he's done. No, you don't have to be his best friend. God, I don't want to bake a cake or bickies or anything, even though I can't. I don't want to do that, Lord. You don't. Forgiveness is not about that. Possibly if you need to ask forgiveness, that might be a good step. But forgiving somebody doesn't mean you have to be their best friend or hang around them. Forgive, you just need to let them go. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Forgive as you are forgiven. Love as you are loved. And see what Almighty God can do. Free yourself and others from the prison cell that keeps you bound. And I'm very much talking to myself this morning as I am to each and every one of you. I pray that the Holy Spirit has been just impressing on you things that need taken care of. For we all have things that need taken care of. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning. Is there anyone this morning you've not yet experienced the forgiveness of Jesus Christ? You know that maybe if you're here for the first time or maybe that if you're in a church for the first time, maybe God's been drawing you for some time and you know that you're not right with God. You know that you haven't accepted, like as June Lynn said to these prisoners, will you accept today His forgiveness? Is there anyone today, just raise your hand and say, I'd like to know what it is to accept the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I'd like to know what it is to accept His death and His resurrection. He died for my sins and then He rose that I might have a new life. Is there anyone here this morning?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Is there anyone here this morning? You need just to acknowledge, yes, Lord Jesus, I need your help in this area of forgiveness. I don't want to be like that dog with a bone tearing itself apart just to protect its bone, just to protect what's dear to it. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. I just ask this morning that as we sing, if that's you, if you'd just like to stand up as we're singing, we'll just pray a prayer. We don't need to get too personal. I'd invite you out to the front, but this is something that between you and God. This is something between you and this other person or these other people. Let me just read this and then we'll sing. This is from 1 John 3, verses 21 and 22. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, in other words, we could say if our hearts do not have unforgiveness, that would be condemning us. If there's anything that would condemn us, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything that we ask because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. Is there something you've been asking God for? Something you've been asking God to do, but you know, you're not sure exactly what it is, but something standing in the way of God answering you, something standing in the way of God providing for you, your needs. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Thank you, Kate. Thank you.